0: welcome to didache where we are studying to show ourselves approved rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship god in spirit and truth deepening our knowledge of god thereby enabling us to deepen our love for god here is your host justin peters hello ladies
1: and gentlemen my name is justin peters i hope that this finds you and your family doing well today I want to thank you so much for watching this podcast. So this is a follow-up video to the video that I did a week or so ago uh, when I was in Madagascar. So those of you who are not familiar, haven't seen those videos, I am going to put links down below in the description to the original video that I did last week. But th- that was in response to a video that was posted by Brian, who has a uh, YouTube channel entitled Faith on Fire. And he regularly attacks me, which is no big deal. I mean, he goes after me, he goes after John MacArthur, goes after anything that even whiffs of Calvinism. He hates the doctrine of election, hates Calvinism, but at any rate, um, no big deal. But what, what garnered my ire in this and what made me finally respond, is, uh, the video that I did last week was the very first time I've ever responded To Brian, He's got many, many attacks on me, but this was the first one I ever responded to or have responded to. And I did so only because of the things that he said about Susan Heck. I took serious issues uh, with what he said about Susan Heck, his attacks on her. Undoubtedly, he will object uh, to me referring to what he said about Susan as attacks, but there's no other way to describe them. Uh, They were slanderous attacks at that. And so if you have not seen the first video that I did last week, link down below in the description. And uh, he undoubtedly, in fact, he's already made the accusation against me that I took him out of context and, you know, uh, selectively edited the things that he said. So uh, to preempt any of those accusations, uh, at the end of the interview that I'm about to show you with Susan, I will play, or, or rather, post the entire video that he did that, that um, drew my response. So uh, you can see that for yourself, nothing taken out of context, nothing edited, the whole thing will be down there. And I will also put timestamps down there below in the description so you can navigate this video a little bit, go to the most important part, which the most important part is the interview with Susan. I wanted you to hear from her and in her own words, and kind of helps to put a face, you know, kind of personalize this a little bit more. So I wanted you to hear from Susan, uh, sweet, sweet lady, dear friend of Kathy and me. So, all right, without any further delay, here's the interview with Susan. Susan, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join me and, and do this interview. How are you?
2: I'm doing pretty well. Doing well. It's getting ready to snow here, I think, in Oklahoma. But doing well.
1: Yeah, I saw that snowing here in Montana and in Oklahoma as well. That's that's unusual.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: All right. But
2: doing well. Thanks.
1: Good. Good. Um, so, Susan, the the subject of this video, we, there's been um, a bit of a dust up, I guess you could say, uh, between you and me, and then. Brian, I don't even know his last name, but Brian of the YouTube channel Faith on Fire. And so, I'll give a little bit of background information as to how I became aware of this, and then, and then I'll ask for your uh, your side of the story, as they say. But I was in Madagascar. I was preaching in Madagascar at a conference, and someone sent me a link to this video that Brian did. And the whole the whole video, really, the, when you look at the thumbnail, he's trying to pit me and Phil Johnson as having basically um, gone off the John MacArthur reservation because we're speaking at a conference at which you will be speaking. And uh, he was inferring from that, that you will be one of the plenary speakers and you'll be up behind the pulpit preaching to men and women, boys and girls alike. And, and uh, that goes against John MacArthur. So basically what he was doing with the thumbnail, he's trying, it's clickbait. I mean, he's trying to, Portray it that uh, Phil Johnson and I disagree with John MacArthur because we're speaking at a conference that you'll also be speaking at. And so, so, uh, I saw this one night as uh, I was uh, just a couple of days before I left Madagascar. So right before I went to bed, I watched the video, downloaded it, went to sleep, got up the next day, and then I did the video that I put together. So, um, how, how did Were you made aware of this?
2: Well, I was going about my duties last week and a lady I disciple in another state uh, sent me a text and she said, I thought you should be aware of this. So I didn't know what she was talking about. So I pushed the link and began to watch it. And honestly, Justin, I was so distraught um, just in the first five, 10 minutes. I couldn't I couldn't watch it all because I thought it was so. It was really disconcerting to me. And so I immediately said, do you know how I can reach him? And so she was able to trace down his email. And so this is the email I sent him right away. That was at 543, November 6th. I said, hello, this is Susan Heck and someone sent me a YouTube you did. I would kindly ask you to take it down because I'm not teaching women at the conference in Florida. I'm only doing breakout sessions for women. I stand firm on my conviction. and I would kindly ask you to not slander me. You should check your facts out before you post them on a public forum. Thank you, Susan Heck. So that's all I sent at that time. And uh, he did finally respond. I have a series of emails back and forth. and It was like he still didn't believe me for a while. So I actually sent him a screenshot of my five sessions. One says a woman's Sunday school class, and they all say women breakout sessions. Uh, just again to prove that I wasn't teaching men. Right. Um, my name's my my face is up there with you and Phil, but that doesn't mean I'm I'm teaching men. So I I got right on it right away, and uh, then throughout the day, honestly, I had several several other people sending me links saying, "Hey, did you see this guy? He's slandering you on YouTube." So um, yeah, I, I got quite a few people notify me that day, the day it went up. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: right, right so what um what did he say in response to you
2: well he he sent me uh, he wrote me back and he said that he um, uh, he told me that he would before he could take it down that he wanted some answers to some questions, and he wanted me to answer the questions I can read them to you. It was kind of strange. I didn't know why. He said before I decided to take my video down. Per your request, I want these questions answered. Number one, will you be speaking inside the church sanctuary at Beulah Baptist Church at this coming conference? Have you taught from the Bible to any audience inside a church this year? In 2022, have you taught women from the Bible as a speaker in a church in which men were present? Do you agree with John MacArthur that women must be silent in the churches as a universal and absolute instruction from God per 1 Corinthians 14, 34, 35? Do you believe another Christian woman could ever be qualified to do a woman's Bible teaching ministry in churches to only women if her husband was not a pastor? And do you sell books on the table you want as a speaking requirement per your website when you speak at churches? And he said, considering your allegation against me and your request, I take down my video. It is only reasonable that you answer each of these questions so I can make an informed decision about what to do next. Thanks. Brian, faith on fire. So I did answer all of his questions. I um, I didn't answer the First Corinthians fourteen because I well first the other one about the pastor's wife I didn't even understand what he was asking me, so I asked him for clarification on that one. And on the First Corinthians fourteen, I just referred back to First Timothy two, and I told him that I held to that view that when women are not to usurp or teach or teach have authority over men, and because of the created order uh, was one of the reasons, and that it was you know. Um, for in a, when the local assemblies gathered. So I answered his questions and then he wasn't, I guess, happy with all my answers. So then he came back with more questions. Right. So I felt honestly like I was on trial and I thought it was so strange because I was just kindly asking him to take down the video because on the part I saw, he was he was slandering me. It was a made up lie. That I teach men, and everybody that knows me knows I don't. Babe, that's what's so ironic about it. I know. I kind of get in trouble for not teaching men. I've received a lot of persecution Mm -hmm. for that, and have stood my ground all these years. Whereas other women I know have compromised on that issue, right? And so that's what was so ironic. It'd be like me saying right now, "You're not wearing a plaid shirt, and you're wearing a plaid shirt." (laughs) (laughs) That's about how silly it was, you know. Yeah. So anyway.
1: Exactly. Well, I was. um, Yeah, you you shared those uh, that correspondence with me and I was just struck for one thing. One of one of his um, one of the options that he retained as to how to respond, whether to take the video down or to edit it, he said, or doing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. So one of his options was just to leave it up and and do nothing. Mm -hmm. So this is not like and by the way part of his, and I'll play this and I'll put this in the post edit, but, uh, one of his accusations against you. And I, I have no problem saying one of his attacks against you is, uh, that he, uh, takes issue with you selling your books Mm -hmm. in a church. And he compares that to Jesus overturning the tables in the temple.
0: Now, Oh, you can't see it, can you? I can't even scroll down further. Um, you're not going to see this. But on the bottom of this right here, she has a, a mention about you know what her requirements are at church uh, when she speaks there. And she needs a table set up. She's got a companion that comes with her and, and runs the table where she has her books. And she's requesting the churches give her an, at least an eight-foot-long table so she can lay out her, her books and resources. Now, it doesn't say right there that she sells them. But I don't think it's likely she's bringing all these books and resources to give away for free. But I don't know. could be, I could be wrong. But I'm going to assume she's selling them to make money. And I sort of remember a story in the Bible where in the temple, Jesus overturned the tables. Because people were trying to use it as a place to make money. And... I don't know—is that being nitpicky, or does it seem like maybe that's if that's what you're doing, that may not be appropriate?
3: I think John MacArthur put it this way: the same as teaching for sordid gain, and in Titus one eleven. Yeah,
0: sordid gain. Uh, in other words, another version calls it filthy lucre. In other words, you know, you're doing it for monetary gain.
1: And he makes a big point that it's recorded in all four gospels, and. And, uh, and, he, and he slyly and sarcastically says, you do it to make money. And he even says, calls it filthy lucre. <laughs> so uh, that is, um, that, those two things, the egalitarian stuff, you know, you supposedly teaching men and what he said about your motivations for selling your books and how you shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, theoretically, if Jesus were here bodily today, he'd be overturning your book tables as well and Mm -hmm. mine, I suppose. So, uh, that just really got under my skin. I felt (laughs) righteously indignant. I Mm -hmm. felt, um, I I felt really badly for you because you're a widow. I mean, Doug's Doug's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I just, I had to respond and I didn't tell you I was responding the first. No, I
2: didn't know that you're, I had no idea you were doing that. And so, I really didn't know what to do when he wouldn't cooperate with me. So I just thought, well, he's going to do what he's going to do. And I feel bad for him. And he seemed like he was uh, upset, angry, mad. And I was trying in every one of my emails, I tried to be as gracious as I could with him. And um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of shocking. So yeah, but. You know, I, I do sell my books and, uh, you know, focus publishing has invested a lot of time and, and money into my uh, Bible studies for women. And so, uh, if they can be a blessing to the women, yeah. Uh, sometimes the tables, you know, in the lobby sometimes, you know, I mean, it's just, and I'm like you, uh, sometimes I give them away. I don't make much at all on the books, right. but, uh, even if I did make money on the books, it's hardly anything you could go buy a new car with. <laughs> so yeah. You have to be well, a New York Times bestseller to, to right. make money right. yeah. for that. So I, I don't yeah. know in the Christian world, unless you're some big name, you're not going to
1: yeah. be making
2: yeah. much filthy lucre off your book sale.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. If you have any dreams of uh, making it big uh, and yeah. becoming wealthy off of selling uh, Christian books, yeah. you should probably not quit your day job because that's not where really the so. And I helped. give a percentage
2: it's- of my uh, book sale money to the lady who travels with me and mm-hmm. things like that to try to help her. She's also without, and she's yes. single. And so she's older than right. I am. And so she's right. got to right. find a way to live too. So yeah. it's, yeah. So, and, you know, the to bring them, we, sell, we save the lady's shipping charges and uh, it's just a lot easier to do it that way than for them to order off the website. And us you know, so sure. there's a lot of reasons we do it, but yeah. I'm usually asked to do it. So. Right.
1: And, and what exactly. And, and what money you do make turn you, it goes right back into your ministry.
2: I yeah. Know. It helps me to live or whatever, but it's not, like I said, it's hardly anything. Yeah. I don't make hardly anything on right. the books.
1: So, and and to compare a Christian selling Christian resources that happens to be in a church, because that's typically where most Christian conferences occur is in a Mm -hmm. church (laughs) rather convenient, but that to compare that to what was going on in the temple with the money changers and all that, that is, I was gobsmacked at that comparison, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. just
1: gobsmacked by. So, Mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll let you speak to it, Susan. Is that a fair comparison that he made?
2: No, I think that'd be like comparing that to the bringing the casino into the church. I mean, what was going on in Jesus's day was total is totally different than a speaker that's teaching the scriptures to women or in your case to a mixed audience. And you're bringing your books that further help people in your in your situation with understanding the prosperity gospel and the danger of it. In my situation, I not only write expository studies for women. That can help them further their walk with Christ, but also right. you know, counseling helps on marriage and life, dominating sins and things like that. So this is further helping the women in their growth in Christ, and so yeah. it's it's a far comparison from the money changers in the temple, and, and uh, so it doesn't even equate. No, <laughs> it doesn't even equal.
1: So. And, and they were doing the exact opposite of trying to. Yes. Help people in their relationships. Yes. They were doing the opposite. of that.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, so that yeah. would be, yeah, uh, I know. I think, you know, if we wanted to get nitpicky, which I wouldn't, but what about churches that have coffee bars and sell for, you know, a cup of coffee? Should we overthrow those tables? Right. Um, there's a lot of churches that do that. That now you walk in and there's a, they have a brew, a brewery, not a brewery, but you know, <laughs> brewing coffee. <laughs> Not, yeah. not well some churches no, have some churches might <laughs> now what would Jesus brew? I mean there is some of those too. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'm talking coffee bars and I've seen some where they want you to pay. So yeah. should we should we, you know, if we're gonna that makes no sense to me, but
1: no, no, and and he seems to be hung up that it's in the church, you know, as as if the the physical structure is is the deciding factor mm-hmm. here. And in the same way, by the way, with the argument that he makes uh, about, uh, women speaking in a church, you know, cause let me pull it up. So one of the questions, um, have you, have you taught from the Bible to any audience inside a church sanctuary this year? I mean, first thing I, I agree. I take issue. like he's, 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 he's grilling you, you know, he's, demanding yeah, he is. You, I, you answer yeah. his question. Like he's somehow entitled mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, putting you on trial, which I, I take, mm-hmm. Severe issue with with that, but you know,
2: Justin, this is the issue I've taken up with so many others who have attacked in the past is what happened to that verse the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle. And Mm -hmm. So when someone confronts me or you or anyone, what happened to humility and gentleness, (laughs) and if he's really concerned that I'm stepping out of line, where's the humility and the love and the concern for me. Uh, right. If he thinks I'm out of line, instead, I, I felt like I was on trial.
1: And on trial. I haven't done right. anything right.
2: Follow my convictions and what I believe the, the Holy scriptures teach. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he
1: said, it is only reasonable that you answer each of these questions. So I can make an informed decision about what to do next. It's only reasonable. I mean,
2: that was a threat.
1: <laughs> yeah interrupt here just for a moment after the recording was finished kathy my wife and susan were talking and susan was filling kathy in on all the showing her the correspondence and kathy's observation was this was like an interrogation brian was interrogating her and i thought that that's really the the um, word i was looking for and couldn't find it that my, that kathy found so it's a good way to put it he was interrogating her I mean, there's yeah. there's nothing gracious about, you know, that. in
2: a court of law, if this was done and I, I'm, you know, Paul's very clear, you don't take your brother to court. But but, um, you know, in if this is in was in the secular world, what he has done in the secular world, somebody could sue him for that because that was outright slander. I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. And I don't want to do it. I want him to uh repent and ask for forgiveness, which he hasn't, but um, right. I'm not going to hold a grudge against him, but it's concerning for him, for his sake and for his soul, because if we don't show mercy, we'll be shown no mercy. That's and right. Jesus says, when you stand praying, you forgive. And I I mean, I don't, I'm not bitter towards him or anything, but I just think it's odd that there's no humility there. Right. lacking.
1: And no, there's no i I want to make sure people understand that. He has not apologized to you mm-hmm. for anything, correct?
2: No, he has not.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: No, nothing. I have all my, I have all the emails right here in front of me. There's no apology and, and that's okay. I'm just thankful he took it down. I mean, the damage has been done, but most, uh, most people that know me know that that, and none of that's true. So
1: yeah. Ac- accusing you of all people of, of, uh, preaching to men or teaching men, It'd be <laughs> like accusing me yes. of teaching prosperity theology. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just,
2: about, it's about that crazy, I guess, but you know, he didn't know me. I don't even, I don't even know how he, I guess he came upon the brochure that had our faces on it. So I, I imagine up until that time, he didn't know who the heck I was <laughs> if I could use my <laughs> name in vain. So,
0: use your name. Uh, in vain. He pr-
2: he probably didn't know who I was. Yeah. Well, and uh, he just saw my name on there and know that you and Phil and John MacArthur uh, hold to a very tight view of, of women uh, preaching cool. to men and, but saw me on there. So thought you, we were all being hypocrites.
1: And so rather than check it out first, he just goes ahead and and makes this video makes these false accusations because it's clickbait for him. Uh, You know, if he can get people to think that Phil Johnson and I have turned against John MacArthur, you know, with a scandal. And so it's click. So he wasn't interested in truth. He just wanted to get the video out so he can get more views. And, um, and Susan, as as of two days ago, he and I had an exchange, a few exchanges in the comment section of my video. And he says this, and I quote, uh, lastly, I sure hope you can come up with a better excuse for selling books in churches besides, uh, they don't produce themselves. LOL. I think there's a good reason that the story of Jesus driving out all those who sold and bought in the temple is in all for gospel. So as of two days ago, hmm. uh, he is standing by his accusation that wow. you are in sin wow. for selling your books and at a church. Um, hmm. So there is there is no humility. There is wow. certainly no apology, you know. And i well. And
2: I think he misrepresented me too on the First Corinthians fourteen thing as well,
1: because right? he
2: did come back and ask me about that.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and he seems hung up that, you know, that it, it's inside a church, you know, because women, in fact, I'll just read it. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35. The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says. But if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. Now. In fairness to Brian, he is egalitarian. he mm-hmm. is fully on board with women preachers, women pastors. He has no problem with that. he's done many videos trying to argue for that poorly, but trying to so um so he's it's not that he would have a problem theoretically with you mm-hmm. speaking in front of men and women. He'd be perfectly fine with that, mm-hmm. but he's trying to point out that we are supposedly acting hypocritically because that's right. not a theology. Um and him asking you, have you ever taught from the Bible to any audience inside a church sanctuary? You know, um, I would have no problem, Susan, if you were teaching in a church sanctuary, if everyone in the audience was a female. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care if it's in the in the sanctuary or in the conference room or in the you know, whatever that Mm -hmm. the the structure is not the issue. The issue is whether or not you're talking about a um, corporate gathering, men and women who have gathered together for the purpose of worship. That's the issue, correct?
2: Exactly. And on the first Corinthians 14, I he did ask me about that. And uh, because I didn't answer that question, I, I took the first Timothy passage the first time, first series of questions. So he came back and said, you never answered my question about first Corinthians 14. And I did answer him. And I said, I hold that the same as I would to First Timothy two. I said, in the in the New Testament church, people popped up all the time. One had a psalm, one had a prophecy, one had this, and everything was out of order. That's why Paul says, let everything be done decently and in order. They were, they were out of order. And so I said, women are to remain not mute, not silent, but calm. And they're to ask their husbands at home and they're to the same idea of first Timothy where it doesn't mean we wear duct tape on our mouth at church. And mm. I, so I'm not, I'm not violating, I'm not being a hypocrite. I, I hold the first Timothy, first Timothy chapter one or two and, and first Corinthians 14 is the same. Women yeah. are not to be uh, challenging the, the preacher. In fact, uh, I know when my husband was alive and he would do Q and A's uh, on church in church, he would, you know, women would ask questions, Mm -hmm. but a couple of times he said he felt a couple of times women were combative with him. And he said, you know, that really would be a violation of first Corinthians 14 uh, for the woman. So it's fine that she asks a question, but if she's starting to challenge the the speaker uh, in a public forum like that in the sanctuary, that's really, uh, he said he was a little bit troubled by that a couple of times, but uh, women are to be respectful, just like men are. We're to be respectful in the church and, Sure. We're not to be yelling out, screaming out and standing up and challenging the pastor. And yeah. and uh, there are lots of places for women to serve in the body. And we Absolutely. should be using our spiritual gifts or else yeah. the body won't function. Exactly. Um, if it's a male dominated where men are doing everything and women do nothing. So I never told him it was silent, mute, duct tape, anything like that. So right. I don't know.
1: Right. You know, and and Titus two, older women teaching the younger women. That's what you've devoted yep. your entire life to, and pretty much, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, and that that role of Titus two, what you're doing, you can do that and do do that in your home, um, and you can and you do it in a church. Um, yep. Today, I've already had four
2: or five appointments. I've counseled today. I've discipled several women. I've got one another lady come over tonight night for dinner and discipleship. That's my life, especially now that Doug's gone. An unmarried woman cares for the Lord, how she can please the Lord. So I, I that's what I do. And I, I enjoy it. I love it. It's, it's a delight. And I wish there were many older women, you know, that gave their lives to that. We need we need to be setting a godly example. And Absolutely. I'm commanded to teach good things. And I don't know anything better than the scriptures. <laughs> so, <I> mean, uh, <laughs> and I
3: mean,
2: I've given my life since, since I became a believer to studying the Bible. And I had a great, a great husband who knew his Bible and knew theology yes, and yes, was yes, a great uh, encourager of what I do. He really was a big supporter. And he, he really pushed me to do this. He said, you know, Susan, there's not a lot of women expositors. And, uh, you need to train up some women that will teach the Bible to women. Right. Um, so he, he really was a big encourager for me. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I can amen that because <laughs> yeah. firsthand I've, I've seen that Kathy and I both yeah. have, have seen that with, with Doug and, and, um, you know, I tell people it, women can have the gift of teaching. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. You have the gift of teaching and you're to use that gift in the church as long as you're teaching other women. Yeah. Not me. Or
2: children or your own kids
1: yeah.
2: or or women one on one in your home. Um you know yeah. there's lots of opportunities for women to teach. Right. But not in the sanctuary over a man. So, over a
1: man. Yeah. yeah. It could be in the sanctuary as long as there's nothing but women in the sanctuary, Yeah. That, yeah. The situation so. but whether it's in the in the physical structure of the building or out you know, under an oak tree. I mean that the the location's not the issue, the audience and mm-hmm. whether or not it's corporate gathering is the is the issue. So um Susan, so since you mentioned Doug, and uh you didn't know I was gonna ask you this question, but just kind of no. what <laughs> um what do you think Doug's reaction would have been? were he still here with us and and he saw this video what how do you think he would have responded
2: um he probably would have uh i probably would have gotten the email he probably he could have found the fellow's phone number somehow he probably that's that was doug's mantra he would rather do face-to-face or a phone call over email or text that wasn't his thing so he probably would have tried to find the fellow's phone number and call him and he would have said, you know, uh, you're slandering my wife, and I'm asking you now to take that down, or I'm going to have to, you know, call your pastors. He would have, Doug would have uh, got it by the tail. Yeah. <laughs> so he 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 would have defended me, and he would have done something as much as he could. But um, yeah, he would have done something.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't have let it go.
2: No, he wouldn't let it go. So, but I didn't, I didn't know quite what to do. So I did. I handled it as I could. And I thought, well, if this guy doesn't let it go, I'll probably need to talk to my son or my son-in-law see what should be my next step. So, yeah. Or the elders in my church. So,
1: well, I'm, I'm kind of glad in in God's providence that I was where I was when, when I found (laughs) this Madagascar. And so, you know, I just kind of, did it took it took it up on myself because i know doug doug is no longer here with yeah. us
2: Yeah, well thank you I, I appreciate it i appreciate oh, it a lot yeah.
0: <laughs> so. unfortunate is
1: necessary um you know i that even to this day susan he has not offered you an apology and that speaks volumes and it makes me very concerned for the state of his soul
2: yeah it makes me concerned too because Certainly, if I sin against somebody, I want to seek forgiveness and do it as Paul says, I I, I endeavor to keep short accounts with God and men. And that should be our mantra in our Christian walk. If I offend you, I need to take care of it as soon as possible. If I offend the Lord, I need to take care of it as soon as possible yeah. and have a clear conscience before God and others. So it is concerning and um, I'm concerned for him in that. So, yeah. yeah but i'm not bitter, I'm not angry. Right. I, you know, this has kind of become uh, i've I've kind of been up a you know, the last couple decades, I, the more i i speak for what is right, the more you you know, you get slandered and mm-hmm. persecuted and that's okay. I've had women grab me, i've had women want to beat me up um for speaking truth and so i have people that have slandered me, lied about me and i try to take care of it as much as i can, but if they don't want to uh, reconcile, there's not a lot you can do as much as it depends on you live peaceably with all men. So I tried to be very peaceable with him. I tried to be very gracious. Yeah. And so. <laughs> right.
1: right. Well, you've handled it. Well, Susan, thank you. Thank you. Well, for
2: thank you, Justin. Testimony.
1: Okay. Dear ones. Well, I hope that that was helpful for you and uh, kind of personalizes this a bit more. I'm glad that, uh, grateful to Susan for doing the interview and, uh, thank you for watching. And, uh, speaking of watching Brian, I know you are, it is one thing to go after me, help yourself. You've done that many times before. I have no doubt you will do it again. So whatever floats your boat, but to go after a woman and not only that, but a widow who has devoted her entire life to faithfully teaching other women the Word of God? And uh, Susan is a dear friend of Kathy and me both, and I can tell you there is not one ounce of greed in her. Uh, she is she is a, an exemplary woman. So uh, shame on you! I've said it before, I'll say it again. Shame on you for doing so, and shame on you for not apologizing to Susan. As of this recording, to this day, not one hint, not one syllable of apology on your part to Susan, and that speaks volumes, and it's not good. Okay, all right, dear ones. So as I promised in the introduction, here is Brian's full uh, video, initial video that he put up. That, by the way, would be up to this very day had Susan not contacted him. It would still be up. He didn't take it down because he... He rethought it, you know, I thought, man, that's that's probably not a, a good look on my part. I shouldn't have done that. No, it had Susan not contacted him, it would still be up on his channel. So there's nothing altruistic about him taking his video down at all. So anyway, here it is.
0: Welcome back everyone. This is Brian with Faith on Fire, and today we're gonna to talk about the about Justin Peters, really, and an upcoming conference. And we're gonna see a quick clip from John MacArthur about women preachers. And we're going to talk a little about Susan Heck, pictured here. And this is really encouraging. You know, you probably used to be coming out and maybe being a little critical of Justin Peters for a thing or two. Calvinism and works-based salvation and various other things. His um, his treatment and gossip with Casey Butner scene here about another Orlando church. I'm not here to really talk about any of that. I'm actually here to be encouraged by, clearly... A position about women preachers that Justin's holding that's a little closer to the way I feel about it and so in this upcoming conference that I've noticed here it's because it's in you know where I live in Orlando this is gonna be in Winter Garden Florida in particular now last year Justin Peters did a conference here with senior pastor Casey Butner he spoke to his church at as you can see here Beulah Baptist Church in the Orlando area it's a very small Reformed Baptist Church in the area i've been by i've never been in it but i've i've been by it and it's quaint and i like small churches bigger than better than big mega churches but uh uh, so that's all good but i'm obviously no fan of calvinism and that's what these guys stand for so uh, that's a problem but i'm not here to talk about that either so justin peters i thought was outspoken against women preachers uh, just like John MacArthur and here's Phil Johnson co-host with Justin Peters and Susan Heck who's going to be preaching in a church as you can see her to a family integrated integrated gathering in the church. So she's going to be preaching to a mixed audience of children men women everybody and I could have sworn that John MacArthur prohibited that. I'm also going to show you an interesting comment from five months ago that Justin Peters left on my channel. And I didn't notice it at first because he was not talking to me. He was he was having a conversation back and forth with someone else. But it was on my channel on one of my videos, and I finally saw it, and I was, whoa. I was really surprised at what Justin Peters wrote about women preachers. I'm going to show you on screen that quote from him, and we'll talk a little bit about it. We're going to talk about Susan Heck. But first, I, I do find maybe it's not a surprise with Justin Peters to come around, but Phil Johnson... John MacArthur's right-hand man. Do you remember in 2019 that John MacArthur did a video, uh, a sermon, that is, at Grace Community Church called, Does the Bible Permit a Woman to Preach? And he spent an hour-long sermon going through all this scripture to make the case that absolutely not. And when it comes to the church and the Bible, that's where he starts the sermon. And right out of the gate... He's talking uh, about 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 about how women are to remain silent in the churches. They're not permitted to speak. And 35, it uh, not only says it's a disgrace if they're if they speak in the church, but 34 and 35 or it's first 35 that says that if they have a question they should ask their husbands at home, not even in the church. Be silent church, ask ask at home. And then it follows up that with once again you know, if a woman speaks in a church, it's a disgrace. So John MacArthur, that's what he started with. And so here's, here's just a really brief clip of that from John MacArthur.
3: What we read then in verse 35 is it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. It is shameful. That is a recognized judgment on all such behavior." The same as teaching for sordid gain in Titus 1.11, disgraceful, shameful gain. It's sort of like false prophets doing what they do for money. And this unmistakable divine law and command is so absolute that we go back to verse 34, and the section actually begins, as you will note if you have an ESV. As in all the churches of the saints, the women are to keep silent in the churches. There you go. So here we have Phil Johnson, John
0: MacArthur's right-hand man, a ministry partner with a woman who'll be preaching in a church. That I find, that sounds a little hypocritical to me. Family integrated. Now she's billed as a... um A woman's Bible teacher, but let's face facts, if you're teaching the Bible in a church and it's in front of everyone that would be there on a regular church service, the whole family, I mean, I don't know how you, you and there's worship going on because there's worship uh, service integrated with the conference, and that's what they're saying is going to happen three days in a row, and each of these three speakers, now these people pictured here are just part of Beulah Baptist Church, but these are the hosts three hosts of the conference. These are the three main speakers, Phil Johnson, Justin Peters, Susan Heck. So let me show you a little bit about Susan Heck in terms of Bible teaching. And we'll get to Justin Peters' comment afterwards. Here we go. Here's Susan Heck's speaking schedule for 2022, 23, 24. We're not going to look at those. We're just going to look at this year because I have it up handy. First Baptist Church in Oklahoma, Heritage Baptist Church, New York, West Macomb Baptist Church, Missouri. Then there's another church in Kentucky, a church in Iowa, a church in Colorado. You, you, get, the, you get the impression this woman's preaching in a church? Now, just like the Beulah Baptist Church one, which if we can scroll down, you can see this woman gets around. She, she preaches at a lot of churches. And I'm sure a lot of them are mixed audience teaching, preaching to men. Susan is able to speak on many scriptures and topics. Now, uh, you can't see it, can you? I can't even scroll down further. Um, you're not going to see this, but on the bottom of this right here, she has a, a mention about you know what her requirements are at church uh, when she speaks there, and she needs a table set up. She's got a companion that comes with her and, and runs the table where she has her books. And she's requesting the churches give her an, at least an eight-foot-long table so she can lay out her, her books and resources. Now, it doesn't say right there that she sells them, but I don't think it's likely she's bringing all these books and resources to give away for free. But, I don't know. could be I could be wrong, but I'm going to assume she's selling them to make money. And I sort of remember a story in the Bible where in the temple, Jesus overturned the tables because people were trying to use it as a place to make money. And I don't know. Is that being nitpicky or does it seem like maybe that's if that's what you're
3: doing, that may not be appropriate? I think John MacArthur put it this way. The same as teaching for sordid gain and in Titus one eleven.
0: Yeah, sordid gain. Uh, in other words, another version calls it filthy lucre. In other words, you know, you're doing it for monetary gain. And so with that, let's let's jump back and let's now go over to the... um the, the comment from Justin Peters. All right, so I'll put that on the screen for you to read with me. Now, he's on my channel in one of my videos, but he's not commenting to me. He's commenting to this guy named Scott, and he says, Scott, I simply do not have the time to answer all your questions. I do, however, have a detailed doctrinal statement on my website. Women are biblically prohibited from being pastors and elders. They are not prohibited to teach men in a corporate gathering of believers. They can witness or teach a man in private settings, per Achilla and Priscilla, but not when the church is gathered for corporate worship. Well, Beulah Baptist Church is going to have corporate worship, and it's a corporate... I'm not really sure what the difference is he's making between church as gathered for corporate worship versus when there's men in a corporate gathering of believers and women being able to teach them. Do you think that Justin maybe? made a typo and didn't mean to write they are not prohibited to teach men in a corporate gathering of believers, but meant to write they are prohibited to teach men in a corporate gathering of believers. But they can But they can witness or teach a man in private in a private setting per Achilla and Priscilla. If you think of Acts 18, there is Apollos who was preaching the baptism of John the Baptist in the synagogues and Priscilla and Achilla, husband and wife, had seen that, called him aside and they Teached him in a private, taught him. I say, teached, taught him in a private setting. Both of them giving credit for this, not just the husband, uh, Priscilla and Achilla, taught him the true gospel of Jesus Christ with wonderful effects. After that, because it says right after that he went out and he won many Jews to Christ. So that was the fruit being born by the teaching of the gospel to Apollos. Wonderful thing. Now, when I look at this thing here where he says they are not prohibited to teach men in a corporate gathering of believers I can only assume that that's not a typo that he really means that and matter of fact that he but he does not mean this part but not when the church is gathered for corporate worship I'm thinking that's the mistake he made and in fact he does believe that it's okay for women to teach in a corporate setting because after all if we go back to this that's what's going to be happening there. There's going to be a corporate gathering of believers where there's men present. They say that there's going to be worship and the and the teachings in the conference. So if this is happening December 10 through 12 and, you know, doors open at 10 and then uh, Sunday is the 11th. There's, you know, it's not like this is during the week. This is right. This is Sunday, Sunday, 9 a.m. This is part of the Sunday service. Now, this conference Sunday to the 11th doors open at nine a m nine thirty a.m to twelve thirty p m and then Monday goes again so it's a Saturday Sunday and Monday event and if you're in the Orlando not to not to promote a bunch of Calvinists here but you know if you're in the Orlando area and you want to see Justin Peters at this thing uh, and uh you know but you know let them know because you know it's it's not a big place you know they may be uh, standing room only it's pretty small I would think that Phil Johnson and Justin Peters and Susan Heck are going to draw quite a few people. So, once again, uh, should I go? You think I should go to the event? It's free. How do you think Justin would feel about that if I showed up? Or Casey Butner. You think it might make him a little bit uncomfortable since I've been very outspoken against their treatment and gospel of another local Orlando church? Yeah, yeah. So, Justin Peters has been kicked out of uh, at least one Word of Faith conference that I'm aware of that he talked about on his channel. And that's kind of interesting and unfortunate. I'm sure he was there respectful. If I showed up to this thing and was quiet and respectful, you think they would ask me to leave? Who knows? But, Justin, if you're watching, I won't make you uncomfortable. Don't worry. I'm not coming. I don't want to listen to what you guys have to say about Calvinism or your, your version of exposing worldliness in the church and calling out Christians to stand on sound doctrine. Calvinism doesn't have any sound doctrine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all unbiblical. The doctrines of gay, grace, that should be the doctrines of disgrace. There's no grace in the doctrines of grace, if anyone has wondered about that with Calvinism. it's There's only grace offered irresistibly, not even by choice, to the elect and the elect only in their philosophy. There's no grace in that. There's no free gift in that. It's, it's forced upon the elect by God in their weird systematic religion, and the news of the gospel, the true goodness of the gospel, is where you find the grace. You find the mercy, the loving, the kindness, the forgiveness of a merciful God. That's the grace, the real grace, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Calvinism, they distort who Jesus is. They belittle him and who he was and who he came to save and who he loves. And that changes the gospel fundamentally. So they don't teach the real gospel, but the false gospel. And that's where I'm standing on that. But I'm at least encouraged to know that... We're making some progress here. Justin Peters is perfectly fine with a woman preaching in a church. Hallelujah. That's at least a good step in the right direction. All right. Thanks for watching, everyone. And may the peace and love of Jesus Christ be with you now and forever. Amen. Bye-bye.
1: So there you go. Thank you very much for watching, dear ones. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We
0: hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.